Welcome to Every Moment His, a podcast dedicated to how God's preached word affects every moment of our daily lives. This sermon was recorded at Holy Cross Lutheran Church. Grace to you in peace from God and Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. If you'll turn in your booklets to our section for today, Romans 15, we'll hear our reading from St. Paul. Romans 15, verses 1 through 7. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore... Welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. This is the word of the Lord. Sisters and brothers in Christ, driving through Colorado and Utah this past summer, my wife and I encountered the dreaded road work ahead sign. It was one of those projects where they shut down all traffic except for one lane and then use a pilot car to take first one direction going and then they stop and then the pilot car brings the other direction the other side. As we sat in our lane waiting for the pilot car to take us, I felt something within me suggest that it would have been smart if I had stopped at that rest stop a few miles back, if you know what I mean. We waited and waited and then advanced a few miles and then we waited and we waited some more and then advanced a few miles and so on and so on. Meanwhile, that particular inner feeling with, with me, well, Urgency was increasing, shall we say it that way. Finally, we got through the construction zone and came upon a town. But the first gas station was filled with cars. There was no hope for relief there. Then we saw a Wendy's. Yes, the smiling, freckled-faced young lady with the red pigtails. Wendy, she would give relief. We pulled into the lot and went up to the lobby, but there posted on the door was a sign that said, due to a shortage of workers, the lobby is closed. Hope was dashed. But then hope revived. Right next door was a Burger King. Ah, this will work. Off we went there, but a similar sign on their door. Due to a worker shortage, the lobby was closed. Hope denied. We went on a little further, 
And there we found a gas station that had room for us. Unlike Wendy and BK that were acted as hope robbers, this gas station became for us a hope and relief provider. Just in the nick of time. Hope robbers and hope providers. That's our topic for today. Only really we're not going to talk about bathrooms anymore. Rather what we're talking about are people. People who act as hope robbers with their negative interactions with you and other people who act as hope providers, bringing relief to you in substantial and meaningful ways. I suspect you've encountered both kinds of people, those who are hope robbers and hope providers. If you want an example of a hope robber in the Bible, Let's think about Saul of Tarsus in the early chapters of the book of Acts. After Jesus' ascension, the early Christian church was on a roll. 3,000 converts on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 4, we get the number 5,000 granted to us. But then comes the martyrdom of Stephen, a brutal murder by stoning outside the city. And there, looking on, giving his approval, was the Pharisee Saul, a sworn opponent of all Christians in Jerusalem, a man who was going house to house throughout the town, looking for Christians, dragging them out, men and women alike, to put them in prison, robbing them of their hope. But it wasn't enough for Saul to attack and find Christians there in Jerusalem. No, he needed to take his gig on the road. And so, obtaining permission from the high priest in Jerusalem, he set out for Damascus to hunt down and arrest Christians there too, robbing them of hope and freedom. Jesus, however, had a different plan in mind. Jesus blocked that hope robber Saul's approach to Damascus and said to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Falling in fear to the ground, Saul responded, Who, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus came the reply, whom, by the way, you are persecuting. When Saul tried to open his eyes, he discovered that he could see nothing. And he remained that way for three days, blind, in the dark, not eating nor drinking anything, unable to rob anyone of their hope, but how hopeless he himself now was. On that third day of Saul's darkness, 
Jesus appeared to one of his disciples in Damascus, a man by the name of Ananias. He wanted Ananias to go and visit Saul. Understandably, Ananias was reluctant to do this, knowing that Saul had come to Damascus for the purpose of arresting Christians. I should reveal myself to him, Ananias wondered. But Jesus assured him that all would be well, that Jesus had plans for this Saul, plans for Saul to work in the kingdom. And thus it was that Ananias went. And Acts 9.17 records that the first words out of Ananias' mouth when he enters into the room where Saul was were not these, enemy Saul, murderer Saul, hope robber Saul, but instead this, brother Saul. The Lord Jesus has sent me to you so that you may regain your sight and receive the Holy Spirit. And immediately, Saul's sight was restored. And he arose and he was baptized in the name of Jesus. Christian Saul, better known to us as Paul, would play a huge role in the early history of the church, including the author of the letter you've been working through, Romans. Still, I've always admired the role that Ananias played, not giving in to fear, but trusting in the words his Lord Jesus spoke to him, that it would be okay to engage this hope robber Saul and help him become instead a hope provider. Brother Saul, what words of hope came into Saul's ears that day? Life transforming, bringing him into the kingdom to share that hope with countless people since then. I wonder if Ananias was on Paul's mind as he penned the words of our text today in Romans chapter 15. Words that call all followers of Jesus to live not as hope robbers, but hope providers. To understand our text best, let's start with what we see in our text at the last. How there is a call for all believers to welcome one another, indeed to welcome all people, in the same way that Jesus has welcomed us into his kingdom of mercy and forgiveness. The way that Jesus welcomed Saul into that kingdom. Ananias spoke that message to Saul, to a hopeless Saul, and it's our calling to walk in his sandals, to do the same, to provide a hope-filled welcome for all people in the name of Jesus. 
here at Holy Cross, you've been working through Romans for some time. Maybe you can't recall this right off the top of your head, but maybe you can. Can you recall what Paul wrote some 10 chapters earlier in Romans chapter 5? He said that when we were weak, powerless, enemy sinners of God, then it was that Christ died for us. Christ died for the ungodly, reconciling them to his Father in hope by means of his sacrificial death. What a hope provider Jesus came to be. Indeed, the hope provider for all the world. If you ever have doubts about whether you belong in God's presence, in the household of his family, and what Christian doesn't, given the sins that we do, if you have those doubts, respond to them by trusting what Jesus has done in your behalf. All that he did in his sacrificial acts to reclaim you, to forgive you, to wash you clean of every sin and robe you in his righteousness. As Ananias once said to Saul, brother, so has Jesus spoken to you again this day. In the words of absolution, sister, brother, you belong here in God's household, in this family of faith. You, you are mine. Our enemy, the devil, is the ultimate hope robber throwing your failures into your face, never letting you forget them, saying in soup Nazi fashion, no hope for you. Satan is a liar. Here's the truth. In Jesus Christ, there is a welcome for you and a welcome for all into the presence of God. There is renewal for all, yes, hope for all. Jesus' rescuing work makes it so and assures you each day that it is so. Can you imagine Jesus as the primary greeter every Sunday morning here at Holy Cross? From the parking lot you trudge in, bearing all the burdens and failings of the weak that weigh upon you. And there's Jesus to greet you. And his words to you are not, well, look what the cat dragged in. Instead, his words are these. Sister, brother, Good to see you. Welcome. This is where you belong. This is your household, your family of faith. Here you can receive the balm that ministers to wounded hearts. Here is where the the sweet and the gentle breath of my Holy Spirit breathes new wind 
into your sails. The wind of hope, the wind of welcome, the wind of new life for you and for all. Believe it. It is true for Jesus' sake. Brothers and sisters of the living Lord Jesus, as your gracious Savior welcomes you, so you are to do the same with one another. But please note that Paul isn't writing about the social norms of Nebraska nice. The welcome Christ gives to us is abnormal. It goes beyond the norms of society. And thus the welcome we, his brothers and sisters, grant to one another and to others is to be similarly, similarly abnormal. It's to be a gracious welcome, even to people who have harmed or opposed you in the past. It's to be a welcome for the, the weak and the troubled, even as Ananias welcomed Saul as brother. It's to be the, the welcome that God in Christ gave to you and to me. It's to leave our comfort zone and enter into the hope-providing zone that brings people out of whatever darkness they're experiencing and welcomes them in to the light and life of Christ Jesus. The only way that you and I can go about doing that on a regular basis is if Christ himself is a lively and active presence within us. And a great way for Christ to be active in us is highlighted in the middle part of our reading from Romans 15. Precious words worth everyone's memorization. Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Paul's immediate reference would have been to the writings of the Old Testament. The New Testament documents weren't yet written. It was in process. But God, it is wondrous and generous grace has now expanded on those Old Testament documents with the documents of the New Testament, documents that highlight the richness and the extent of Jesus' grace and mercy for every sinner, how he provides a new welcome every day, restoring hope. Now, living as a hope provider, it's not always an easy thing. But the scriptures are present among us. And, and I commend your congregation for studying the book of Romans on a Sunday and thinking about it and taking notes on it and journaling about it, thinking about those words of God through the apostle Paul. These spirit-breathed words do have a power to them. They do enable us to endure in service in the Lord, encouraging us toward that outcome of providing his hope for all. For people who are rooted in God's word, they will be a people of hope, 
a people well equipped by Christ himself to offer Christ's welcome to others and to be hope providers for all they encounter. Now, having taken in the end and now the middle of our text, let's advance to the beginning. There we read in Paul's instructions about how the strong in faith are to endure and bear up with the weak. That too can be a challenge. It wasn't easy for Ananias to go and see Saul that day. I imagine Ananias' knees were knocking in trepidation. And so with us, there is a call for trust in Christ. That as we encounter those who may be weak among us, those who may be struggling among us, those who in their weakness may offend among us. But nevertheless, as Ananias before us, we trust in the Lord's instruction. And we who are strong bear up with those who are weak. What a different call this is than what we see operational in the world the world shuns weakness. It despises it. When it sees weakness, it wants to cast it aside and, and stomp on it as embarrassing. Sadly, sometimes also the Christian church has taken up that approach. It's sometimes said of the church that we shoot our wounded. Fellow saints at Holy Cross, as you have been welcomed by your Savior Jesus, welcomed when you were weak, an enemy, sinner against God, as you were welcomed with a blessed hope of new life through what Jesus has done for you, so you, strengthened by Christ, welcome and bear up with others in their weakness. As the strong Savior embraced you, so you embrace others graciously, enduringly, patiently, praying for them, forgiving them for how they may have offended you, gathering together resources to meet the needs they have, giving them a home a hospital, a place to get well, a place to recover and find new hope in Christ Jesus. As St. Paul writes to us, Jesus did not come to please himself, but to arrange for us the most wonderful welcome of all. Members of Holy Cross, show your true colors as the household of Christ striving not to please yourselves, but striving for your neighbor, for others, for those who come among you, weak and weary and wounded. Welcome her home. Welcome him home. Provide new hope in the name of Jesus. It's not often we can turn to a country song 
to give us commentary on the Holy Scriptures. But I'm just a guest preacher here. I can get away with almost anything. So how about we do that? It's a, a song written by Glenn Campbell, inspired by a poem by Edgar Guest. My favorite rendition of this song is the one sung by the Statler Brothers. Don't worry, I'm not going to try to sing it. That would be bad news. But here are the words. Let me be a little kinder. Let me be a little blinder. To the faults of those around me, let me praise a little more. Let me be, when I am weary, just a little bit more cheery. Think a little more of others and a little less of me. Let me be a little braver when temptation bids me waver. Let me strive a little harder to be all that I should be. Let me be a little meeker with a brother who is weaker. Think a little more of others and a little less of me. What a wonderful prayer for us to consider, to ponder, to pray with sincerity from our hearts as we reflect upon the words Paul writes to us here in Romans 15. Sisters and brothers, we are called by the living Lord to put on the sandals of our forebear Ananias as he and we found a gracious welcome and offered it to terrorist Saul in Christ Jesus, so we strive to live in that pattern. We, we will not do it perfectly. We comprehend that. And there is the welcoming forgiveness of Jesus providing us new hope every day. Yet through the endurance and encouragement of the scriptures we have heard this morning. By the power of Christ's living spirit, breathing new wind into your sails. Set aside every word or deed that would rob others of hope. Instead, for the glory of God, be what you have been called to be. Hope providers, one and all, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.